Okay, so I'm talking about the Queen of My Convictions, and um, kind of like when we started planning the ladies' retreat, um, and we started talking about things, um, one of the things that uh, kind of this kind of came out of was in the youth ministry, um, Elena had suggested that we started reading the book More Than a Carpenter. And so <clears throat> um, it's not a very big book. Um, we're not all the way through it, as you can tell. But just from the get-go, it was it sparked some really good discussion in group. And um, <clears throat> so, I don't know, I was just talking about how that discussion went and everything, but um, so I will read a part of it in a little bit. But so the definition of convictions is a strong persuasion or belief, an opinion held with complete assurance. So <clears throat> I first want to get you thinking about some of your convictions. So um, I, want, I would like for you to uh, jot down some things that come to mind um, <clears throat> that are your strong beliefs, persuasions, um, maybe about your marriage or on marriage in general, morality, uh, purity, work ethic, um, treatment of an enemy or someone you don't particularly like. <laughs> um, what are your strong beliefs about forgiveness or uh, raising children? Um, responding to being challenged, um, maybe by a scripture or someone else. Your beliefs about worry. What do you think about those things? I mean, it doesn't, you don't have to lay out all, you know, bullet points of all those, but just to kind of get you thinking, just some examples. So, like, strong beliefs about marriage, morality, purity. Work ethic, treatment of an enemy, or someone you don't particularly like or agree with, forgiveness, raising your children or people raising their children, response to being challenged by scripture or someone else pointing something out in your life, or worry. So when you look at the list that you've made, what would you say your main motivation or reason is for having those convictions? You know, for me, um, I'd like to say <clears throat> my main motivation for my convictions is always my relationship with God or Jesus. But I know it's not always true. Um, sometimes it's based on my upbringing. Sometimes it's based on my preferences. Um, sometimes it's based on my sense of justice. I started seeing a Christian counselor a little while ago. I was like going through a time of like struggle. It's just a lot of things going on and um, trying to like getting out of my head kind of thing. And so one of the things she was, she had me take this quiz and it was talking about kind of your main um, like motivations and strengths and stuff like that. And like one of them was definitely a sense of justice and honesty, and I was like, to look at my old self, um, my old life, I was, I was very two, very two-faced, and so when I came to my relationship with Jesus, I was convicted to do the opposite, like, and I'm not always completely honest, I still struggle, it's not like I don't, but, um, but yeah, it was just like, knowing that God valued honesty, and I was totally living a not honest life. But um, one example is uh, I can be more American-minded than kingdom-minded. And uh, I, I just know that about, I just know that about me. Um, I don't know about you, but, you know, just think about, like, well, why, you know, you don't have to think about all of your ones now, but just be thinking about that. Why, why do I have that conviction? Like, to the... Is it something that the world's told me, or the Bible, or myself? So why is it important to have convictions that align with Christ? 
The first reason that came to my mind is that God's way leads to solid ground. So part of um, what kind of brought about this discussion, I'm going to read just a a little excerpt of the very first chapter of this book. Um, Basically, the author, um, Josh McDowell, um, and Sean McDowell, like, so Josh was talking about how he used to be. And um, he was basically, like, trying to get ahead, trying to, like, I don't know, live by the world standards, basically, but there's more to it. But anyway, he's at, he gets to college, and it says, I was like a boat out in the ocean, tossed back and forth by the waves. I had no rudder, no direction, or control. But I couldn't find anyone living any other way. I couldn't find anyone who could tell me how to live differently. I was frustrated. No, it was worse than that. There's a strong term that describes the life that I was living. Hell. About that time, I noticed a group of people, eight students and two faculty members, who seemed different from the others. They seemed to know who they were and where they were going. And they had convictions. It was refreshing to find people who had convictions. And I liked to be around them. I admire people who believe in something and stand up for it, even if I don't agree with their beliefs. It was clear to me that these people had something I didn't have. They were disgustingly happy. And their happiness didn't ride up and down with the circumstances of university life. It was constant. They appeared to possess an inner source of joy, and I wondered where it came from. Something else about these people caught my attention. Their attitudes and actions towards each other. They genuinely loved each other. And not only each other, but the people outside their group as well. And I don't mean they just talked about love. They got involved in people's lives, helping them with their needs and problems. It was a totally, it was totally foreign to me. Yet, I strongly was attracted to it. Like most people, when I see something I want but don't have, I start trying to figure out a way to get to it. So I decided to make friends with these intriguing people. And it goes on to say, like, he, he finally talks to them. And he, like, really likes them. And then he asks this girl, it's like, without, um, he says, tell me why you are so different from all the other students and faculty of this campus. What changed your life? Without hesitation or embarrassment, she looked me straight in the eye, dead serious, and uttered two words. I never expected to hear in an intelligent discussion on a university campus. Jesus Christ. And, and he goes on to say, like, how pretty much flabbergasted he was. So that kind of like sparked this whole this whole thing. And and when I read that, to me it sounds a lot like Ephesians 4, 11 through 14. It says, And he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, and teachers to equip the saints, that's the believers, for the work and ministry for building up the body of Christ, until we all attain the unity of faith and the knowledge of the Son of God, to mature manhood, or womanhood, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, so that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves, carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness and deceitful schemes. When I read that, I look at it and I'm like, for one, I am hopeful that, you know, we're not going to, we're not going to have like look at things and think we're going to have to do it all the same. But it's about the unity of faith and knowledge in Jesus Christ and to getting maturity and not being tossed to and fro and carried around by the winds of doctrine. It says by human cunning and craftiness. And I know that. I know that pretty well. I know uh, people in my past life like, and in my life now can be really cunning and really crafty, and I don't want that. I want, you know, I know that the world, it's, it, we always talk about the fads and everything, it's always changing, and it's not solid ground. And being tossed about by the world and its standards is just, it, it leaves you sick, you know? It, like, you think you got it, and then it changes again, and, you know, it's like, if you just keep chasing it, it's not going to lead to anything, and it leaves you lost. First um, Timothy 4.16 says, 
Keep a close watch on yourself and on the teachings. Persist in this, for by doing so, you will save both yourselves and your hearers. And I know we've heard that time and time again, but it is true. It's 1 Timothy 4.16. The other reason is God made us, knows us, and wants a relationship with us. So, I mean, we know like John 3.16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him will will have eternal life. But really, when I look at that, he's had such a conviction. If I implore you to go back and read God's pursuit of his people, and not just his people. I mean, if you look at Jesus' own bloodline, like people who want a relationship with him, he wants a relationship with you. He wants to ha- you to spend eternity with him, and he has fought for us. And so, in my view... I feel a conviction to have that strong relationship with him and agree with him because he does know me, love me, and made me. Um, in Hebrews 11.1, 1, it says, Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, for and the conviction of things not seen. And that's the thing. Like, I don't know what his plan is. And sometimes that really bothers me. Whenever I'm like, where are we going with this in my school district or whatever? But trusting that he's got it gives me the conviction to keep on whatever he says. Um, so if, if you've decided, obviously, to have a relationship with Jesus, like, awesome. Keep digging deeper. If you haven't, I implore you, like, get deep into him and, and figure out how much he really does love you and why you should really want a strong relationship with him and his direction. So, um, so the next question is, how can I align my convictions with God? So the first thing is, get into his word often and let it change the way you think. In 2 Timothy 2.15, it says, Do your best to present yourself as one approved, a worker who has no need to be ashamed Rightly handling the word of truth. And I implore you, honestly, to read the rest of Second Timothy 2. Um, you know, when I look at, man, the way I was going, like, I was really ashamed. And I don't regret, like, what I went through at all. It's made me who I am. But, um, you know, I, I mean, I went to church. Um, I knew scripture, like I knew the basic, basic scriptures, like uh, I knew a lot, but um, really um, I just definitely would not have been one like to be not ashamed. I would definitely not have been one to be rightly handling the word of truth. I really, like I knew God was God, but past that it was like I'm nothing. So and there are, yeah, there are so many great devotionals. I cannot even tell you how many devotionals, like books, like so many things um, that I have read. But, but you definitely have to dig deeper. Whenever you know you're doing like devotionals, even like you know this book like refers to so many scripture. Like get in there and look them up, but also look around. Like look, well, why does it even say that? Why did that person even pick that scripture? Because there's a reason. And sometimes you'll find like, oh, it doesn't really go. Like even me looking up some of my scriptures, I'm like, no, it doesn't really go. But I know that there are. And so then I was digging more. And and that encouraged me to dig deeper. Um, Try to read the whole passage. Try to read big chunks of the scripture. um, And soak in what its real meaning was. Um, And honestly, I like, I cannot tell you where things are just offhand in the Bible, but the more I've read it, the more it's in there, and I know I can like, okay, I know there's these words, let me look it up, and I'll get on my phone, and I'll look up the words, and I'll find it, because I've had to read it over and over, Um, and like Proverbs 3 and Proverbs 7 say to write them on your heart, you know, so you, so it is there for you to recall and get strong and know what it says 
and know why. Um, so Kelsey is going to come up and <laughs> she's going to um, share some of her convictions and reasons for her convictions. So, Kelsey. Hello, everybody. Thank you. Um, I have had a doozy of a week, so I hope that you will be gracious um, with me as I try to talk about this. My brain is a little bit scrambled and exhausted, but I'm going to do my best for you today. Um, so for those of you guys who don't know me, my name is Kelsey, and I have been a Christian for 12, for 12 years. Today, Cassie's asked me to share what my convictions have looked like over the past 12 years of my walk. Um, they, I've had a pretty big range. They have ranged from body image. They have ranged from being a gossip. They have ranged from what a godly friendship looks like. They have ranged from being overly critical. They've ranged from being legalistic. They've ranged from being harsh with my words, judgmental, forgiving, um, reaching out to the lost, all kinds of things. Um, but today, I'm just going to take some time to talk about a few specific things. Um, so I wanted to start with sharing a scripture that I feel like has really um, shaped my convictions and allow me to form them and be grounded. Romans 12.2 says, do not conform to the patterns of the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your minds. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. I hope you guys will keep this verse in mind as I share some of my stories. Um, so I'll say my first biblical conviction, right? Before I became a, a Christian, I had convictions, but they were worldly convictions. Um, so my first biblical conviction was 12 years ago. When I decided to commit my life to Christ, um, I studied the Bible with some people and I knew um, that the way that I was living my life was not what the Bible had to say. Um, I was your typical Americanized Christian, right? Um, I worshiped myself and I chased my heart's desires. I did what I wanted. There was no repentance. Nothing that I did was for God's glory. Everything was about me. Um, so I decided that I needed to make some changes in my life and I needed to be baptized. And I ultimately, ultimately allowed God's word to cut me and to, to change my heart. A few years after becoming a Christian, um, my faith was put through a pretty big test. Um, it's maybe two years into my faith, maybe three. I'm not sure exactly. Um, so through my entire life, my cousin was my very, very best friend. Um, we had been inseparable from the time we were in diapers. We have home videos of us at family Christmas, literally in diapers, like attached at the hip, running around. We always joke that we were um, cousins by blood, but we were sisters at heart. We knew each other like the back of our hands. We laughed till we cried and our stomach stomachs ached. Um, and she was really, she was really my everything. Um, most importantly, God used my cousin to reach me 12 years ago. She is um, one of the people that I studied the Bible with and became, and I became a Christian. God used her to help me become a Christian and to be a disciple. And unfortunately, things with my cousin changed. A few years into my walk, um, she came out and she told everybody she was a lesbian. I want to be clear. I don't have a problem with lesbians. I still do not care that my cousin is a lesbian. And I still love her with every fiber of my being. There is nothing that I would not do for her. I would still run into a building burning and save her, even though things are completely different between us. Um, that is not the point of this story. Um, but through many, many conversations, when she decided, you know, and said, hey, like, this is me, I'm a lesbian, I had to say, like, hey, I love you, but... This is what the Bible says. I believe what the Bible says about homosexuality it doesn't change the way I feel about you, but this is what I believe to be true. Um, and at one point, what you believe to be true. And because of that, my cousin decided that I wasn't a safe person for her anymore. And I lost my relationship with my cousin. Um, she didn't want to talk to me. She didn't want to be around me. 
we didn't see each other and this was a really big shift um it was really really difficult and it was really painful um and it was honestly it was like grieving a death um because that relationship was gone and it was something that was so big and whole literally my entire life um and it would have been so much easier and a lot less painful to tell her what she wanted to hear i could have told her what the world says right we know what's going on with the big culture shift in our world nowadays it's like if you say anything about negative in any way about somebody who's gay it's like they're ready to burn you at the stick right cancel culture um and i could have been afraid of hurting her feelings right um but i had the conviction i knew what god wanted me to do i knew what his word said and ultimately i was going to say and act in a way that pleased and honored him even if it meant losing something um that was really really near and dear to my heart um a current conviction that i have actually come to really recently in my life is finances money um Yes, I'm going to talk about money. Nobody wants to talk about money. <laughs> um so my husband and I, we bought a house 5, well not 6 years ago, and it was a total gut job. We renovated it. We bought it as an investment opportunity. Um my husband's really talented. He knows how to fix all the things. And we fixed this house and um we knew we wanted to sell it in 5 years. Obviously COVID happened and we all know what happened with the housing market. We made a lot more money than what we ever thought we would on this house. Um we moved in with my parents because we still haven't found a house. Um we've been able to live there rent-free. Um and we have been responsible with that money. We paid off all of our debt. We have not blown through it by any means. It's still in our savings. Um but we've been with my parents for like since June. So like eight, nine months or so, and we still have this money. But I was talking to him a few months ago. I was like, "Yeah, but why don't we have more money? Like, what are we doing with our money? Because we should be able to be saving like a crap ton." And we're looking at our money, and we've been really, really selfish. Um, very minimal tithing, um, and just spending. I will say that we did kind of like. change our budget a little bit because we had so much wiggle room um and so our finances did change some so we weren't saving as much that we were normally expecting um and it was honestly my husband who was really convicted about this first and I was really like stingy <laughs> I was like I don't want to let go of my money we've never had money before <laughs> like I don't want to let it go and it was him who was like you're going to have to get over it because we're going to do something different like we're going to do this better and we're not we're not being faithful with our money um so that is something really recently um that we have i have had to work harder at changing my heart about um and tithing and being more self-disciplined and being self-controlled um and not impulse shopping um my favorite thing to do got to love target um And one thing I was not planning on talking about today, but I thought about it this morning and I felt like it was a good opportunity and a good fit. I'm going to go back to why my week has been a doozy and I'm going to make it really quick. Um long story short, my parents were in Florida this week. Um my mom for the past few weeks has been having what she thought was um sciatica. Um in the fall, she was diagnosed with kidney cancer. They removed her kidney. Um they said she was she was cancer free. Well, they were wrong. The cancer has probably spread to her bones. We don't know anything for sure yet. Um she was in Florida in the emergency room. My dad was actually in the emergency room as well with some back pain. Um so my brother and I were like, "Oh, great. You guys are sure going to do in Florida. Like, do we need to fly down there? Do we need to get you? Um Mom has bone cancer. She has actual holes like in her pelvis and her spine. Like she's basically completely broken. She can't drive 20 hours home. Um it has been very stressful. Um things aren't looking good for my mom. We don't know anything for certain. We won't know anything um Monday until she sees her oncologist. And I have talked to my brother a lot this week. Um my brother is not a Christian. 
um, and he is wrecked. Um, he is what? Wrecked. <laughs> He's really messed up. Um, dang it, I don't cry. <laughs> it's okay. I think I'm going to tell you I'm okay while I'm like crying. This is the first time I've really cried about it. I think I've been able to stay grounded and really solid through it all because of my faith and because of my convictions. I've spent the past 12 years reading God's word and allowing him to convict my heart. I know that his word is true. I know that he's a good God. I know that joy comes in the morning. I know that the Bible says to consider it pure joy. You face trials and tribulations. Sorry. <laughs> um, because good will come from it. He's shaping it. And of course I'm not like, yeah, mom has cancer and like her days are numbered. This is great. Um, but I know he's working in it. And I know he's going to work in my family. And that no matter what his plan is, if, if my mom's time has come to an end, I know it's going to be okay. I believe that with all of my heart. I believe grief comes with it, right? You don't lose your mom and not grieve it. Um, but I know it's going to be okay, and I believe that. I believe it's okay to feel scared. I believe it's part of the process. But I know that God's there, and I know that he's close to the brokenhearted. And I know that it's going to get me through it. Um, and I think because of that, this, this week, I've been able to, like, be able to be strong for my brother, and I've been able to be strong for my dad. I've been able to be strong for my mom and keep myself together. Um, and I think that if I didn't have the convictions that I did, it would be really easy to let my emotions take over and let my emotions run how I feel and how this is going to look over the next few years. Um, sorry, I didn't mean to get upset. Um, <laughs> well, I'll get upset later, but not during the not during the lesson. Um, so yeah, that's it. Thank you. Thank you, Kelsey. Um, so yeah, I totally, I can totally identify with her. I know I, I found out and I called her and I was like, I've, I've lived through it. We, we can get through it. Like, it'll be okay. It's not, it's okay to not be okay. And, you know, and we'll get through it. Um, so yeah. So I appreciate what she shared. Um, so, yeah, letting him change the way you're thinking means you have to determine if the way you're, you're living, your choices, and the why behind them are aligned with the Word of God. Um, so, yeah, just looking at your list, you know, are there, are there scriptures that point to these convictions? Are there reasons? You know, what are they? Um, <clears throat> Um, number two, it, about you know what, how can I align my convictions? Is um, it's excuse me, it's about aiming to be holy, not just following a set of rules. Um, so I've definitely, I, I've definitely struggled. I've struggled here. Um, I am definitely a rule follower. I remember a distinct conversation we had in one of my adult groups and we're like, there was a whole bunch of us teachers in the group and we're all like, yeah, we're all rule followers. Like I can point to all these, you know, scriptures, but ultimately, you know, why? Like what, you know, what am I really trying to do? I'm trying to be holy. So um, one of the questions that came to my mind and it is something that I think I have to think about, like when I'm getting mad and angry about other people's choices, is it because they're not following the rules? Or is it because of my deep desire for them to be holy? Is it my deep desire, like, like God has a feeling about this, and would I want that, like, do I just want that person to do what I think they should do, or is it I, I desire for them to be holy? And do I want that for me too? Um, and that's in people in the church and not in the church. Um, so First Peter 1... 13 through 16. What was that? First Peter 1, 13 through 16. <clears throat> it says, 
says, Therefore, preparing your mind for action and being sober-minded, set your hope fully on the grace that will be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. As obedient children, do not be conformed to the passions of your former ignorance. Meaning, you didn't know any better. But, as he who called you is holy, you also be holy in your conduct. In your conduct, since it is written, "You shall be holy, for I am holy." And that's that part of the scripture is quoting Leviticus 11:44. Um, so yeah, like making sure that you know that sober-minded, meaning like, you know, are are you being clear-minded? Are you setting your hope above? Are you letting His holiness and Him calling you to be holiness allow like? Pushing you to be obedient, um, and then it says first uh, in First Corinthians ten, and I'm going to quote twenty three through twenty four, and verse thirty one. Um, I would have read like the whole thing, but and I'll skip part of that. <laughs> um, it says all things are lawful, but not all things are helpful. All things are lawful, but not all things build up. Let no one seek his own good, but the good of his neighbor. So whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. So, I mean, there's definitely things that are plainly laid out as rules in the Bible. But there's a lot of gray area. And honestly, we need to be asking ourselves, like, why do I believe that? Is it, you know, is it really what God says? Is it really aligning with what he says to be holy or not um looking at the way you're living or if you're leading what the world would call a good life or what god says is the right way or even the better way to live and the last one the third way i can make sure my convictions are aligned is pray and listen to the spirit's directions and I was going to have Carolee come up and share what, what she's got to share with us about the Holy Spirit. So, yeah, so Cassie asked me to share about some of my convictions. But um, I've been a Christian for, I had to count, whenever Kelsey was like, said I was like, how long have I been? 14 years. I got baptized when I was, I became a Christian when I was 11. And um, it's been a journey ever since then. I was, I was a young and I'm a church kid, so holler to the back row. But, <laughs> um, yeah, so to start, I want, I'd love us all to read 1 Corinthians 2, 12 through 16. And it says, What we have received is not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, so that we may understand what God has freely given us. This is what we speak. Not in words taught us by human wisdom, but in words taught by the Spirit, explaining spiritual realities with Spirit-taught words. The person without the Spirit does not accept the things that come from the Spirit of God, but considers them foolishness and cannot understand them because they're discerned only through the Spirit. The person with the Spirit makes judgments about all things, but such a person is not subject to merely human judgments. For who has the mind of the Lord as to inst- so, so as to instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ." I love those verses because, um, you know, being out in this world sometimes, a lot of times, well, all the time, it just gets crazy. And I recently was in college, grad school, undergrad, and um, being out in being out in the world, you know, you go to school every day and you get to be around people that don't believe in God, which is an awesome opportunity to share the love of Christ. But it's also when the enemy likes to attack because we're not in our like safe Christian bubble anymore, right? We're not meant to stay in the safe Christian bubble. That's not what I'm saying. But when, um, you know, Cassie's talking about, okay, why do we have these convictions? And like, whenever we are Christians, we can stand on that solid ground of at the end of the day, like I have the Holy Spirit inside of me. So that passage we just read, it's talking about how that it's like, it's always like the world kind of versus God, I guess, Satan versus God, the war, the spiritual battle, right? Um, but this verse is talking about how Christians who have the Holy Spirit, we we have we can take on the mind of Christ. 
And we have that ability to see things from Christ's perspective, kind of like putting on Christ's glasses, if you will. Um, but the world, they look at us and they're like, y'all don't make sense. <laughs> you know, like why um, strive for holiness? Like why know Jesus? It doesn't make sense to them. And so I'll tell you guys a couple. Where is this all going? Well, um, I'll tell you guys just a couple examples of the Lord convicting me in my life. And I want to say too, like, Conviction, we kind of hear that word and we're like, okay, but Cassie did a really great job of, yeah. of defining it, yeah. defining like what conviction is. And so, um, conviction hap- it's like a, a beautiful journey. Like just as a parent, um, speaks to their child and kind of tells them, hey, like this is something to think about. Um, maybe, you know, saying please and thank you. you know, like little things, just like the little nudges that parents give their children. That's how conviction kind of works for us as children of God. And so, I just want to share it with you guys a couple times that God was like, hey, think about this. <laughs> and one is, um, so I struggle with people pleasing. Any people pleasers in the room? Please raise your hand. Yes. <laughs> um, I care what people think about me. <laughs> like, who doesn't to some degree? But um, it got to a point in my life where I was caring more about what people were thinking than what God was thinking. Mm-hmm. And that's when you know, ooh, toxic. You know, that's a toxic relationship with that right there. And so um, the Lord has been working on my heart for years and will continue to work. But I've seen a lot of redemption in this area of my life of people pleasing where I like have stopped and checked and thought, okay, why am I doing this? Just like asking my motivation for my actions. Like, why am I going up to this person and talk to them? Do I want their attention or do I genuinely care about them? it's wild because on the outside it looks, Oh, Carly's like a friendly person. Cool. But on the inside, it's like, please like me, please like me, please like me, you know? And that's not a heart of the Lord. And so that's a, like an instance where God is just like coming in and saying, Hey, knocking on my heart a little bit and going, what's your motive here? Like, do you want to love people the way that I love them? Or do you want to love people so you can get loved back by the people that are imperfect? Or do you want my love? (laughs) I'm like, Oh God. Okay, like you're straight talking with me here. So um, that also plays into, I mean, people pleasing, man. That just plays into like every part of your life. Like if you struggle with that, I feel like just, yeah. But um, another instance that the Lord kind of helped convict me of. So I was, I have a dear friend who doesn't believe in God and we've had really great conversations. I met him in grad school and he's come at me with questions like, um, like, why do you believe in God? I'm like, God amazing straight up we're having this conversation and so i've gotten to which are really great conversations if you get to have um with non-believers because it helps you build your faith as well and um i got to a point where i was like why like we've had so many conversations i've tried to answer all these questions why doesn't he believe in god now (laughs) you know it's like i i get it but and so i put a lot of pressure on myself of like if only i could Word it and word the gospel in such a way and wrap it up in a nice little bow, um, you know, in such a way that he would receive it. Then surely he would he would see that, like, God is literally it. Like, he's just it. Like, why would you want to live your life outside of God? And rounding back to First Corinthians, what we just read, where it says, The person without the spirit does not accept the things that come from the spirit of God, but considers them foolishness and cannot understand them because they are discerned only through the spirit. We were talking about the goodness of God, and I, I know we were talking about, I can't remember exactly what was said, but basically I was, like, talking, and he was like, I don't understand, that doesn't make sense. And I was like, yeah, like, it just hit me, you know, because I'd read this recently, and I was like, you're right, yeah, it doesn't make sense, and that's okay, that doesn't make sense to you. And since then, I felt so much peace, like, I, I obviously, I'm still going to be his friend, like, I'm not going to stop being his friend, that would be, you know. That'd be not good. But um, I'm still his friend. We still have great conversations. But I don't feel this pressure anymore to be like, if only I could, you know, explain this in such a way that, you know, the the pressure is off of me because God is the one that changes hearts. Mm -hmm. And so that was, I was like, okay, God. Like, again, a little conviction, listening to the spirit, the little nudging. It's those moments. Because listening to the spirit can kind of be like, sometimes when you're like, what is that even like? How do I know the Spirit's speaking to me? And the more we read his word and allow his word to like convict our hearts, then, then we kind of like get a sense for how the Spirit talks too. Like it's, it's those little nudges that you're like, and you can test that those little nudges against the word of God too, because you might be like, am, is this just me? Like, am I just feeling this or is this the Spirit? And so 
the last example or the last like story I wanted to tell was in the area of boys. So um, I am 25 years old and 25 years young. I'm a quarter of a century young. And I, <laughs> and I, you know, have like gone on some dates here and there. And um, my most recent venture, I guess I, I started, I tried the dating apps scene and that was, that was a time. But um, I have a conviction that I will not marry someone who does not love Jesus because at the end of the day, that's all that matters. Well, not all that matters, but like that's the biggest thing that matters. Mm-hmm. There are lots of other things that do matter too. <laughs> don't, don't let anyone tell you otherwise. But um, I went on a date and talked to this guy. I say a date because it was a date, but I talked to him for like about a month and um, he likes, he was one of those guys who was like, yeah, like, I believe in God, like, I don't, I believe that he exists, and, um, whatever, like, I think he literally said whatever, <laughs> but I was like, okay, normally, I would have been like, immediately no, bye, but the Lord had been working on my heart, and I was at a place with the Lord, and I was like, okay, God, like, you can change lives, and I, who, who am I to say that you're not going to do something because truly that is like the opposite spectrum of what I have lived my entire life. I've been like, Oh, you don't know like your word and you can't like speak thoughts about Jesus. Like immediately know, but God's like, Hey, Carly, like everyone's on a journey. And I'm like, okay. yeah. So this is me trying to extend grace. And I don't know, just like kind of see if the Lord could work in this area. And long story short, cause we were not out, we're out of time, but <laughs> long story short, he ended up standing me up twice. And, um, I like got, I became way more emotionally attached to him and the idea of him than I had given myself credit for or like than I had realized. And so I say all of that to say, it's like, sometimes your convictions will, um, it's like, it's hard. Like as Kelsey was just up here, you know, like following your convictions is really hard. And I, oh my word, this guy, I had great conversation with him. Like, I felt like I could be my goofy self, but I also felt like a woman, you know what I mean? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And, you know, just like, I was just like, ah, oh, me. Like, I can just be me, and it was great. And so um, I was like, God, I literally was like, God, why would you allow me to experience something like that? Because also, like, no hate to anyone, but I just, some Christian guys are just, they don't, I don't know, like, it just hits different. And, <laughs> you know what I mean? And so... Um, but this guy, like, he actually knew how to talk to girls. Wow, we love that. And so, um, but all that to say is, like, I didn't, I didn't love, uh, I was like, God, why would you allow me to experience something like, like that good? And then I just have to, I have to walk away. And I mean, he ghosted me and stood me up. So it was kind of easy, like an easy decision. But still, I'm like, why? And I will say, like, um, through my journey of, like, the convictions and then the wrestling and then, the being, then, it, then the accepting, it's like a whole process that we go through with the Lord with our convictions, right? I have just seen God's grace over and over and over again. And I'm so glad I did not end up with that guy. Like, I'm so glad that I just went on one date and like, literally that's it because it would have been so much worse, you know? And at the end of the day, like hindsight, you can always like say that you like, I see where God was working in that and me following what I believe is worth it and will always be worth it. And I've always, and I pray too that, I pray that uh, God would cast a vision for me. I always pray that for myself. And I, um, the verse like in Romans, I think it's 12, 12, where it's be patient in affliction, joyful in hope and faithful in prayer. Um, I love that verse because it, um, it's just like talking about running the marathon, you know, and being joyful in hope. And so whenever I, I would encourage you guys to ask God to cast a vision for yourself because mm-hmm. in those moments when you are giving up the thing that you kind of you, you want in the moment it's hard like I just I'm like God like give me a vision for what you have for me and that's what I cling to and that gives me hope and so they're also like like recently I had a really positive I'll tell you, I'll share this with you guys if, if that's okay but um I had a really positive interaction with a boy recently and literally let me t- let me tell you the Lord just like knows my heart so well I was at work and I was helping lead this like health fair, right? So random. And um, it was just such a, like a positive, literally we spoke for two minutes. I was like, hi, I was talking to him about he was do- what he was doing at the fair and I was helping organize it. And um, I walked away and I was just like, wow, that was such a wholesome interaction. 
where, like, I asked him about his, like, literally all might be like, Carly, you're crazy. But <laughs> I was like, I, like, I'm never going to see this guy again, but it was the Lord helping cast that vision for, like, this is what, like, a wholesome interaction feels like, and, like, hold on to that. Not to that boy. Like, you're probably never going to see him again. But, like, this is the feeling. Like, that whole, that Holy Spirit feeling. I was like, yeah. Wow, like I didn't feel like he was trying to get anything from me in this two minutes. You know, you'd be shocked though, <laughs> how like no, you feel sometimes no, when guys talk to you. Yeah. You know, you, you guys probably aren't shocked, but um, God does give you those hopeful, those pockets of hope. And so I would just encourage you guys to pray that um, He would cast a vision for you. And um, yeah, so you can hold on to that. So that is all I got to say. So thank you. Okay, so kind of getting to the end, I swear. Um, so in John fourteen twenty six, um, it says, But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. <clears throat> um, and, and honestly, like, it was kind of funny because at first I wasn't even thinking about, like, what Carolee kind of brought up whenever I talked to her about it, but um, I don't know if you like know. Um, so I got tattoo um, this past summer, and it was my grandma's verse. But when I was going through my own hell, um, it's uh, the me- the version I'm rem- memorizing it is "Let me hear your voice when I wake, for in you I place my trust, and let me know your will for today, for unto you I handed over my life." And it's just, like, one of those, like, every day I have to, like, bow my knee and, like, what do you want me to do today, God? Because, you know, there's times where I just don't want to do it, <laughs> you know. But um, but I know that he's there, and I, and I pray that you hear his voice above all things, all the time. I pray it over my girls all the time, the youth ministry all the time. Um, my students who live in crazy hard situations that I just mourn over um, and I have to keep coming back to like, yes, they drive me crazy, just like my kids, but sometimes worse. And um, what am I going to do to shed some light into their life? And and that's how we should be going out into the world. Like, it might drive you completely nuts, (laughs) but, um, you know, what is your conviction about that? Um, some of my other convictions, and, and I can give you, I can give you the scriptures later. I want to kind of wrap it up, but, um, one of my, some of my main ones, and these are not ones that are, have been easy for me. Um, don't worry, but pray instead. Um, I have been wrecked. Um, I went through horrible depression, um, being a people pleaser and considering like everyone's opinion of me more than, more than God's and, um, worrying about everything all the time. And uh, so choosing to, to pray instead of worry. Um, forgiving others because he forgave me. Uh, there was a person who uh, in the past two years has really, really caused me some shaky ground um, with all of my relationships, honestly. Um, and so I've talked some about that uh, with my counselor. And, and I've been able to talk with other believers and stuff but to be honest like I was able I've been able to forgive the person who raped me at 15 I can I can forgive her and she's in my life and I can just choose to serve her and love her and try to give any kind word to her um even if she will not talk to me or doesn't really even like like literally has said she does not even want to hear my voice so but I can choose to not not try to people please her, but just show God's kindness and just act how God wants me to act. Um, work as if I'm working for the Lord. It's so hard sometimes with uh, like working in my school district, and I'm sure wherever you are, like it's just I just have to remind myself sometimes. Um, even in the church, sometimes I'm working for the Lord and trying to be quick to listen and slow to anger. It can be very easy for me. I I learned growing up like that's not my act, um, but I can be, and I make it a choice. And I fail, but I can choose 
and so I do. Um, and I really appreciate you pointing that scripture. I didn't even have it, but um, the one that Denise was talking about was in Second Timothy three, and uh, I definitely well. One of the things I know Bible talk about. My mom always taught me to like look up the scriptures constantly, and um, and everything. So I mean, I obviously just did that. But um, you know, when when you're reading through that part, it's talking about godly godlessness in the last days, and these women, they're just burdened by sin and led astray by passions, and you know, I don't want to be that. I don't want to be that at all. Um, I want to run the race and throw off things that get in my way um, as best I can and only with his power. Um, so the last verse I'm going to leave you with um, is Psalm 1, 1 through 4. It says, Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. He is like a tree planted by streams of water that yield its fruit in its season, and its leaf does not wither. In all that he does, or she does, she prospers. The wicked are not so, but are like chaff that the wind drives away. And so I encourage you um, to find that solid ground in your convictions as you live. Um, let it let it build you up. Let it help you find solid ground, and um, and let it find you like just the deep love that God has for you. So um, I'm gonna go ahead and pray, and then we'll be done. So, um, Lord, thank you so much uh, for Kelsey's testimony and Carolee's. Lord, um, you can do amazing things. Um, you are so faithful to us. You love us so deeply, and um, I appreciate how much you chase after us, even when we are completely foolish. Um, when you chase after us, when we are weak, when we are mourning, when we are struggling, um, when we are ignorant. <laughs> and uh, you always find a way for us, Lord. And, and um, I pray that we um, are like a sponge, that we soak up the convictions that you have to not only help ourselves, but to help those around us, to encourage those around us. Um, through your love, Lord, and it's in your sons and I pray. Amen. Amen. Amen.